0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome on back to Mind Your Popcorn. I'm Ricky Uniak. I'm Chuck Clark. Chuck, how you been?
1: You know, I've been all right. Been all right. Uh, Just talking a little bit before in the pre-show, Pacers did not get DeAndre Eaton. I'm not that upset that we didn't get him. I didn't exactly want him, but we did cut some players, or we were planning to cut some players to get him, so I don't know what the status of that is hopefully we bring back Dwayne Washington. Cause that was one of the players we were going to cut, but he was a role player for us last year. I mean, he played for a summer league team.
0: Yeah. I remember him having a pretty, like a, a pretty good start, like to the season, like at least the first half and he was undrafted, right? You guys signed him.
1: I believe so. He's, I can't remember if he's the second round. I mean,
0: yeah, he was, was at least a second round pick, right? Yeah. He, he was not a first round pick. Um, I was shocked to see that he was a part of those cuts. Um, I thought yeah. that he had, uh, He had put together a pretty nice season given, you know, where he was drafted or I can't remember if he wasn't drafted. But then I went over to, uh, as I do when these things happen, because I, at the end of the day, um, I'm an asshole really through and through. I go to whenever, like, I was going to sound terrible. Whenever there's good or bad news about a a sporting franchise, in this case, we're talking about NBA, I'll go to their subreddits. I love seeing how, like, like people react on Reddit and uh, the general consensus that I got was that people were happy on the Pacers Reddit to see Washington go. And I was like, wait a second. Like, obviously I didn't watch Pacers games. Um, I didn't watch every single Pacer game, but I did see that apparently he had a bit of a quiet second half. And that was, I guess, a good enough for everybody to be like, all right, see ya. Um, but I, you know what? That's also when you guys thought that you might be getting DeAndre Ayton. So, I wonder if 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 they if those same fans feel a little bit different now.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Um, I can't imagine the Pacers subreddit is that active. It can't be.
0: It's got like forty k members, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, but in Reddit terms, like the Lakers subreddit has got to have like what? Well, uh, actually,
0: Lakers uh, might have like a mill.
1: Yeah. I'm trying to think also like what fan bases does
0: Reddit appeal to?
1: Like, you know what I mean?
0: Lakers have just under three hundred and twenty K in their subreddit. Um, so you're com- but you're comparing a small market to one of the biggest markets in all of sports. Right. So um yeah. I guess yeah, yeah. That's fair. Um what
1: was I gonna say? Um and then we just got the only other piece of NBA news going on, which is that Harden Signed his contract.
0: Yeah, you know, okay, so I'm a little confused here because the numbers are starting to roll through. Like, I just got uh, a notification from Woj. I thought that I had read maybe, like, about a week ago that Harden was basically like, listen, you bring in who you need to bring in, and you pay me whatever you want to pay me. Like, I'll play for pennies on the dollar in terms of, like, if that means that you're able to bring in additional players. But I'm seeing the numbers rolling. He's making 33 mil this year. So I think the I will
1: take a pay cut, the drastic nature of the pay cut was sort of embellished. Mm. I also think this was just a quiet free agency. There wasn't that much player movement. So I think the Sixers got who they could get. And they were like, well, we can still pay you a fair amount. He was like, well, that's good. And I did just see he just tweeted. So Harden will have a player option again for next season. So maybe he does the same thing where... Next season, if it's more active free agency, he'll be like, let me opt out, sign who you need to sign. And then, boom. Of course, if they win the championship, they'll be like, well, we've got a good enough team. Just retain the team. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. You,
0: you, you made a really good point. This has been one of the more static free agencies in a long time, it feels like. Um, it seemed like the biggest, the biggest chip was maybe Aiton. Like, in like when the season ended, we, you know, all eyes were kind of like on Phoenix, what they're going to do with like Aiden. But then the Kyrie and the KD news broke, and we still have to see where those two end up. I've been seeing stuff that, like, apparently Brooklyn believes they can retain at least KD now. Um, yeah,
1: I I think the word, the, the I mean, the rumblings have been recently that the Spurs and Lakers and Nets will in, be involved in a three-team trade of some sort that, Basically sends Russ to the Spurs, Kyrie to the Lakers, and assets to the Nets from both teams.
0: That would make the most sense. The Spurs seem to be like... I mean, you traded Murray, man. Like, you're not trying to win. It's obvious now, so... I mean, I just watched some highlights of Victor Wimbaya today and I'm Victor Wimbaya and I'm like, yeah, Yeah. it
1: makes sense. I mean, I would shamelessly tank for that guy.
0: Are you talking about that crossover at the three point line? Yeah, that I've never seen a human (laughs) being of that size move that quickly. It's it's, kind of you're right. It's it, it, it is so reminiscent of early Kevin Durant, even Kevin Durant now. But it's not like we've seen Kevin Durant now for what, 10 years? So he like
1: oh seven, I think, or 08.
0: Oh yeah, so almost uh, about fifteen years. Um yeah. this feels like that, but even crazier. And I didn't think that was possible.
1: hmm Yeah. Um yeah. He's
0: o. Oh,
1: he's oh seven because he's the number one pick in that draft, right? Nope. He's oh number two. Number
0: two.
1: And next year's draft, oh eight, is Russell Westbrook's draft. Yep, is the Russell Westbrook that crazy draft with Russell Westbrook? Um, that draft is crazy. The two thousand eight
0: draft, Kevin Love too, right?
1: Yeah, it's Kevin Love, Russell Westbrook. Um, Who's
0: the first was that Derek Rose.
1: Yes, Derek Rose. It's another one like O three 3 where Derrick Rose is one, and then you have Beasley and O.J. Mayo, and then Russell Westbrook, Kevin Love. You got Gallinari, Eric Gordon, DJ Augustine, Brooke Lopez. Like, there's some players in this draft. Jared Bayless, I know he's a role player, but, you know, he got minutes. Roy Hibbert.
0: <laughs> oh, that's a name I haven't heard in ages.
1: <laughs> Brooks' brother Robin went a couple picks later. You know what I mean? JaVale McGee was in this draft.
0: Cavalier legend. Robin Serge, Lopez, by the way. Serge
1: Baca. George Hill.
0: D- this is There's some quality players in this draft. Nikola Pekovic. Oh, good God. DeAndre oh, I was thinking of Nikola Miritich, who I yeah, am no, no. permanently scarred by as a Cavs fan, but
1: Oh, another Cavs legend, right? Omar Sheik, did he play for the Cavs? Or Omar, am I...
0: I don't, uh, he, he probably did. He probably did during the dark <laughs> Mario Kansas. Chalmers? Mario Chalm. wait, Mario, Chal- Mario Chalmers was 09? 08. Oh, 08? Oh, oh my God.
1: Who yeah, drafted he's Mario he's on the Chal- Kansas was... team. He's on the Kansas team that beats Memphis in the championship.
0: But didn't Mario Chalmers get drafted by Memphis?
1: No, he got drafted by Minnesota, traded to Miami. My, Mario was the point guard on the LeBron Wade Heat.
0: Yeah, teams. I knew that, but I knew he didn't get drafted by Miami. I was trying to remember who drafted him.
1: Minnesota traded to Miami. Hmm. Let's see, Goran Dragic,
0: quality player. Yeah. Now, out of out of all those names, who are Hall of Famers? I th- two
1: Russell Westbrook and.
0: Kevin Love, Derrick Rose, Derrick Rose. I don't think he's a
1: Hall of Famer. I don't think you understand the love that the basketball community has for Derrick Rose.
0: It's going to put him in the Hall of Fame. It's not the basketball community that gets him into Hall of Fame, though. To me, it's Russell Westbrook is a first ballot. I think yeah. Kevin Love's a Hall of Famer. I think. De- de-
1: I think Derrick. I. It- I think Derrick Rose will end up in the Hall of Fame.
0: I hope so. I like Derrick Rose. I just, I mean, you, me, you talk about one of the more I, this sad I, I, stories.
1: Yeah. I kind of wish it was a role player hall of fame. Like there should be a star <laughs> hall of fame and then a role player <laughs> hall of fame. Cause I'd love to see imagine. like Brooke, Lo- Brooke Lopez and that could make it in the uh, role player hall of fame. <laughs> um,
0: uh, Steven I guess Adam you can't call it the hall of there. fame. It's
1: <laughs> by its nature, they're role players, but like, Oh, Nicholas Batum was in this draft too.
0: Yeah, not a Hall of Famer.
1: Yeah, but just like, yeah, like the Hall of the Hall of Role Players. They need a role. <laughs> they need a separate <laughs> role player basketball honor. Timothy Mozgov
0: was an undrafted free agent in this. I mean, the isn't the Hall of Role Players at the end of the day those people that don't make the Hall but get their number retired by their team? Right. Like one day. JR Smith is going to have his number retired by Cleveland. Yeah, Kyle Korver is going to have his number retired by Atlanta, right? You don't think Kyle Korver is a Hall of Famer? I I
1: guess he is, but like compare Kyle Korver to like Russell Westbrook. Is he on that level?
0: No, 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 no. So I guess you're, Kyle Korver might have been too much of a specialist. Like Kyle Korver was one of the best three point shooters to lead the league has seen, but he he was never a top two option, you know, I guess he was never the best
1: player. I don't think he was ever the best. Maybe he's the best player on those Hawks teams for a little bit. I
0: I think Bill Sapp and Horford were always better than him. And then even like, even Jeff Teague in his prime.
1: Yeah. That was the thing. He was never the lead. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. So he's not like Reggie Miller. Reggie Miller carried, you know, another, top top two, top three shooter in NBA history. But Reggie Miller did enough to where like he could lead his team to wins into the playoffs um right. and make them competitive in the postseason. So yeah, may, oh, man, maybe Kyle Corver isn't a Hall of Famer. Damn. I love Kyle Corver. I just
1: remember when Timothy Moskov got that contract from the Lakers and it was one of the most hilarious things I've ever seen in my
0: life. Yeah, I still scratch my head about that. I think about that not not very often. Maybe like maybe that comes across my head like once every three or four months, and I'm like, oh man, I forgot about that.
1: <laughs> I mean, it'll always be hilarious to me because I just that's one of the only it's one of the few times where like I remember not necessarily where I was, but I remember seeing the not- notification Timothy Moskov four years sixty four million, and I was like, what? <laughs> Timothy Moskov four
0: years? It made no million? sense to me, dude, because like I mean, they they obviously got him away from Cleveland. Um, but he wasn't. He, he he was a key player in the first finals, the the 14-15 finals. Well, I guess that would just be the 2015 finals. But that was when we were like injured to all hell. Like Kyrie was hurt, Love was yeah. hurt, and you had Delhi, who was our like second leading scorer on, on on the team for the finals. He didn't play much in the 16 finals, and then they signed him away from us after I think like in 17. 16 I think like, to 17. Yeah. And like he, that man, that was so weird. I was like, did they, did they even watch the playoffs? Like he didn't play. It was weird. I don't know that that's going to be a head scratcher for a long time.
1: Hey, Mac McClung getting a bu- contract with the
0: Warriors. I just saw that is he made, he would be so fun to watch if he like made it into that rotation, dude, <laughs> he would be so fun to watch. I hope it happens. Um, I remember watching his high school tapes. Oh, yeah. That dude can fly. Oh, man. Well, I mean, we were talking to the pre-show how there wasn't a whole lot to talk about NBA-wise, but we've managed to, to, to get some decent NBA talking in there. Um, yeah, only thing else going
1: on on Twitter right now, A, e- Emmanuel the emu. I'm not familiar. <laughs> oh, my God. Ricky, get caught up. Get educated. (laughs) Get educated, educated. I'm going to send you the tweets that you need to look up. And the other one, maybe you've you've seen them because I've just liked almost every week retweet. But somebody retweeted the – or, quote, tweeted the prompt, if Gotham City had $300 three-bedroom apartments, would you move there? And people have been, quote, tweeting it with the funniest reactions. (laughs) And you just got to see
0: Send me some. I'll read them afterwards. Yes. Um, I, I got a good laugh out of that tweet that you sent me, and I feel comfortable enough sharing this because I feel like there's a, enough people who listen to us who were like, from the Cleveland area. But you sent me earlier today a tweet. <laughs> it was a quote tweet of a video from WWE SummerSlam or something, and it was Logan Paul. So you know, even people who aren't from Cleveland, I, I always – I never realized that Logan Paul now is, like, this – world-renowned like pop culture like I don't want to call him an icon but he's pretty damn famous um which is so weird because like I I sort of knew him friends of friends like in high school um it was him calling out the Miz. So, two Cleveland guys, and you sent me a tweet of somebody who quote tweeted that video <laughs> and was like, if I wanted to watch a dude from Westlake <laughs> try and fight a dude from Parma, I'd go to West 25th. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I, people who aren't from Cleveland, West 25th is like this area in Ohio City, Tremont. It's where Town Hall is. And,. Um, myself, you know, I'm, I'm not going to shit on anybody that likes that area, but myself, I am not a particular fan of that area. Um, and, uh, I guess if you're from Cleveland, if you've been to West 25th, that makes perfect sense to you because it's a lot of like dudes like in their thirties who you could definitely tell wore tap out t-shirts in high school and did like, uh, creatine that are always just trying to find a fight. So I got a sizable laugh out of that today. So I thank you.
1: No problem. No problem. Don't worry. I'll send you some <laughs> more tweets. Send you some more I
0: appreciate it. I'm on the record with saying that your liked tweets on Twitter are top notch. A one. Sometimes Thank I can scroll through your likes. They're great. Um, but I don't know if you can hear. Um, I don't know if it's coming through my mic or not. The thunder is starting to roll in. So patience with us. I, I haven't lost power yet since I've been in this house. So fingers crossed that it doesn't happen. But um. We'll uh, might have to do some cleaning up, you know, in uh, in in the post show. But anywho, we have two things we want to talk about today. Number one specifically is Miss Marvel. We haven't talked about Miss Marvel since episode three. So we have four five and six to kind of go over after Miss Marvel. Um, I just still cannot get enough of like stranger things content. I don't know about you, but like, I'm like, I've rewatched some of the episodes since I, I've been watching people's reaction to the episodes. I've been watching cast interviews. <laughs> Joe Curie was on, uh, with Jimmy Fallon the other night. Uh, Joseph Quinn, the guy who played Eddie, I think is going to be on like, maybe it's tomorrow or Friday or sometime within the next week. Um, so in spirit of Stranger Things, um, we're going to be doing a, a Stranger Things characters power ranking based off of season four. So, well, I'll, I'll save the explanation for when we get closer to it. So let's just talk about let's talk about Miss Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, so Miss Marvel wrapped up last week, right? Yes. OK, so. I'm sure we talked about this when we were reviewing the first three episodes. Um, this is a this is a different flavor. Um, this is, you know, compared to other Marvel TV shows, this was definitely tailored towards a younger audience. And there's been this, uh, it's caused this discourse, I think, amongst MCU fans. Um, I've certainly seen it on TikTok. I've seen it on Marvel, where it's like, oh, this is too tailored toward this is too obviously tailored towards children. Um I don't necessarily agree with that after watching the entire show. I thought that this show was, Uh, it's certainly different. It's a different flavor. Um, I didn't feel it to be like childish in any sort of way. I kind of did.
1: Let me put it this way. I think in Avenger, in like Iron Man, the first Iron Man is PG-13. But it's like, if you're looking at PG-13 is on the left and PG-13 is on the right on a scale, it's closer to the R. I mean, it's still well within the PG-13, but, you know, it's 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 got some, it's flirting with that R line. This felt like it almost was flirting with the PG line compared to PG-13. Like, it was PG-13, but... It's still all it could have been PG because even like you know obviously we're getting into spoilers at this point but like when the mom of the when all the clandestines die it's not like you see blood or anything they just kind of you know what I mean Mm. there's no like super bad violence in any of this so not that it needs to be by the way. think it needed that i think this was very much just it was pr- fairly terrible not necessarily to like kids like set eight-year-olds but it was tailored to like 12 to 14 year olds who like have experienced the mcu as kids now for a while and are like wow i can really see myself in this girl who's a super fan um but yeah that's that's just on that part as for the discourse i mean at this point i don't know what isn't what isn't discourse what isn't discourse what isn't that what isn't dividing people these days what isn't dividing people these days i don't i don't know i don't know nothing can come out without being like
0: ugh. so let me ask you a question because this is this is part of the argument that i've seen online um when when Iron Man came out, that was oh eight, right? Yeah. So we were roughly fourteen years old. Fourteen. Yeah. 15 years old.
1: Yeah, we were fourteen because it was like first year of high, high school was like summer going into high school. It was yeah. the last year of my middle school going into high school. That's a so, crazy summer for yeah. for movies. <laughs> Iron Man and Dark Knight, same same summer.
0: Bangers, both yeah. bangers. Um, yeah. do you think so? You know, obviously. There's just there's I feel as if I'm a part of a generation that has essentially grown up with Marvel movies through their teenage years into early adulthood. And now, you know, being 28 years old and an adult, do you think that Miss Marvel was an attempt to maybe capture a younger audience? Yeah, like so like. I I guess I guess I'd have to see a breakdown of like. I don't even know this data exists, like the average age of somebody like the average age of a Marvel fan. I'd have to imagine is somewhere in their 20s at this point. Yeah, I'm not saying there aren't there aren't Marvel fans older than 30 or 40. There's Marvel fans of all ages. But I I think the bulk of that would be somewhere in their 20s. So um, so you do believe that this was an attempt at maybe of capturing a younger audience?
1: Yeah, I I mean, just look at the timing, too. Like they started releasing in June when school's out. Like I think their goal was, okay, kids are going to be out of school, so they're going to watch this. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. So I I guess I agree with you. And, and kind of thinking about it now, I have a I have a buddy, uh, a, an old coworker, um, who has a, a a younger daughter. Like I I think maybe like in this eight to nine year old range. I think. Um, and he and I like to kind of shoot the shit about Marvel and like, we're both like, whether it's Star Wars or Marvel, whatever. Um, but every time like a Marvel movie comes out, like I always end up seeing it opening night. And then he and I, like, he'll like sometimes ask me like, Hey, do you think this is something I could take my daughter to and stuff with like, you know, like multiverse of madness. I was probably like, eh, I I don't know. And then even like no way home, I was kind of like, uh, maybe like, um, and every parent is different, but this is definitely something. That those parents who maybe have not been able to bring their, their younger child to a movie, they could sit down and watch this with them. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And this I is I like tailor made for thing.
1: that. Yeah, I don't either. I thought this was a nice, cool little TV show. Um, I think what's starting to grind on me for some of these shows, because I think there has been a dip in quality recently. And there's a number of reasons that could be for just it could be a me thing probably is some stuff. I think some of it's the pandemic is probably taking a toll on some of these took a toll on some of these shows. We didn't even realize. Um, And then some of it's also that like I saw somebody tweet like Miss Marvel should have been like a 15 episode like longer because like. It should have been like her and her friends having little adventures. Then you kind of take more time to build up to whatever this final confrontation is. But instead, we got like three episodes of like that, two episodes that are completely divergent from all that, and then like one finale. You know what I mean?
0: <clears throat> so do you think that these these Disney Plus series are maybe becoming a little bit too cookie cutter? Yeah. Yeah, I I think I might agree. But again, like, I I don't want to I don't want to complain about it because for me personally, there really hasn't been a series that I can say I've disliked that they've put out. I mean, there's certainly like I have my favorites, um, but there hasn't been a show so far where I'm like, oh, like I just straight up did not like that. Yeah. Um, but no i i did feel that here and i never thought about that i never thought about if this show would have been better at you know more in like the 10 to 15 episode range maybe close like the 30 minute episodes um that's interesting and i don't know i i don't know why they are following this formula of six episodes each episode being in the realm of like 40 to 50 minutes like i i wonder what the science behind that is yeah i don't know um Well, so let's talk about what we liked about the show first. Um, And it could be anything from the previous episodes that we talked about. Um, I'll I'll sort of go first here because it's already on my mind. I was thinking about this when I was watching the finale earlier. I thought that the stars of the series outside of um, the actress who plays Kamala were her parents, her mom and dad. Mm -hmm. They are fantastic. her, the, the dad, and I, I should have the cast names here. I actually do. Um, I'll try and pronounce his name correctly. I believe his name is Yusuf Khan is the actor's name. Uh, oh, no, that's his name in the show. His name is Mohan Kapoor. Hilarious. I thought he provided like uh, the best bits of like um, inserted comedic relief. Um, he was great. I loved every time he was on the screen. And I I really, really like in the beginning, I wasn't sure how I felt about the character of Kamala's mom, but by the end of the show, you know, she sort of becomes maybe a little bit more supportive. Whereas like at the beginning, I think that they were really trying to like emphasize, you know, what a relationship between a mom and a teenage daughter is like, how there's, you know, just general standoffs. And I thought that by the end, um, they kind of, ha- you know, it, it highlighted that 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 arc of the mother pretty pretty well so i was a big fan of that then also like and i guess i'm just gonna end up going through every single side or or, or cast member here i thought bruno was great i really like bruno um as well as uh do they pronounce it nakia or nakia um i think it's for nakia which, for she's which. like the best friend the one who's with bruno and Kamala all the time the one who ran for uh oh
1: yeah yeah I think they pronounce it in the show Nakia and then the actress is Yasmin Fletcher
0: yes I thought that they were all great um I thought that this show had a really strong cast
1: um I think so I think um the girl who plays Kamala I thought it started off strong and then Some of the emotional moments in these last two episodes were a little, little, little under, but you know what I mean? But
0: yeah, it's also like specifically what you're talking about, too.
1: It's also like her first, like basically role. Uh, She's done like two short films and then she played herself in some short film and then it's Miss Marvel. So you know i'm not going to judge anyone too harsh on their first acting gig so yeah but i still it, i still thought the the comedic timing was or you know what i mean the you know it did make her the teenage moments like where she's just trying to be an awkward teenager feel more authentic i felt like but yeah. there were some dramatic moments where i was like look at, i i was hoping for a little bit more but it didn't like throw the show you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I I, I think that she was a lot more on the goofy side, um, which was per I I think it worked for the type of vibe the show was trying to capture, being a, like a an awkward teenage sort of, uh, um, I guess sort of setting. But um, I know exactly what you mean when some of those emotional moments didn't hit. But there really weren't a whole lot of emotional moments, just for the most part. Even in, like, the action sequences, it still had an upbeat vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it never it never took itself too seriously, which I appreciated. Um, but it, I guess in terms of dislikes, I know what everybody's pointing towards is the CGI. Like, there's a couple moments where you can tell that it's like it's like maybe her like um scaling down a building using her powers or maybe jumping across a rooftop using her powers and it's like a hundred percent CGI and it almost looks a little too cartoonish. I'm not going to get too upset about that because like you said earlier quality has sort of been down. I mean not everything can be Infinity War or endgame level quality. Um And we don't know exactly the struggles that they have been dealing with the pandemic. Like, I don't know if they're having staffing issues, you know, behind the scenes. I don't know anything about that. So I'm not going to get too upset about that. Um, I, I, I guess I refuse to believe that they were going to cheap out purposely for like a budget sake on the CGI for something like this. Maybe they are. And I guess if we find that out, then whatever, but I don't think we'll ever find that out.
1: Yeah. I'll leave it up to the VFX corridor guys on YouTube. (laughs) <laughs> to break down I actually watched their breakdown of the She-Hulk trailer Which people are getting mad about And they were, like, defending it, actually They were like, uh, this isn't, like, okay, that's not perfect But they're also doing the hardest thing to do And it's yeah pretty passable So, like, what are you Like, why are people getting upset?
0: <laughs> well, so, people are gonna get upset about I, I mean, there's I, people out there Who are, like, they wake up in the morning And are like, what am I gonna get upset about today? And, like, that's what they, like, feed off of
1: yeah, so what do you gonna do at this point? We do. Hey, we do. You can't do anything. Um, I liked the tone of the show. I yeah. liked because I felt like some of the other shows failed because they were trying to be too dramatic. And I was like, I feel like you could use a little more levity. And this one was just like, yeah, we're just here to have fun. It's okay, guys. We're just here to have fun.
0: Exactly. I appreciate that because I thought that they could have easily fallen in the trap of like, you know, forcing drama where they're, you know, you didn't need it at. So, um, again, it, it set out what it was or it accomplished what it set out to do, which was a light, upbeat, family style show. And it stuck with that to the end. And I appreciated that because I think, again, it could have easily like. You know, maybe the finale rolls around and gotten all super serious. That just wouldn't have felt, you know, based off the first five episodes. I don't think that that would have fit very well.
1: Yeah. Um, what else? Okay, what What were some of the things, anything else you want to talk about on the like side?
0: Um. No, I already got into my dislikes about the CGI, but that was really it. I mean... I might end up agreeing with something that I feel like you have something in mind that maybe something else that you dislike.
1: No, I I wasn't going to go into a specific, I don't have any specific moment. It was just co- sort of like, there was a couple of times where I felt like the dramatic parts weren't hitting as hard. Um, and you know, that's it. Um, but, but the the show was so light and fun that i was like yeah i i i, I okay that didn't fully hit but you know i know i'm going to laugh in a couple minutes so we will be fine
0: let's talk about the post credit scene in the finale uh
1: so the mute, which one the the reveal or the one with captain marvel
0: well let's talk about the reveal first i guess i already okay. forgot about that um so she's confirmed well, yeah, she's confirmed a mutant because Bruno yeah. says there's a mutation in your genes. Yes. Then they play the X-Men theme. Um, what, Is that X-Men 97?
1: I think it's nine. The, just the 90s X-Men show. I think it's the, the first one, which is 90. I can't remember what it is. Maybe it is 97. I don't know.
0: But aren't they reviving that that show? Like, aren't they bringing yeah. that back? Okay. Yeah. So that's interesting. So we, we confirmed our first mutant in the MCU. Yes, Um, I
1: saw. So before I watched the episode, I saw a tweet that said the original creator of Miss Marvel wanted to make her a mutant as well. That was originally what they were going to do. So, yeah, now she is one.
0: So that's that's kind of huge, because I think people were wondering when we were going to be getting X-Men in like the MCU. And now the door is officially open. So I would imagine it's very, very soon. Um. Post credit scene I've seen some people have some different takes on this, and for me, this was pretty obvious. I guess what happened so I saw some people saying the well, post credit scene is Kamala in her room and her uh her bracelet starts acting up, and all of a sudden she like gets sent flying from her bed into the closet and she comes out of the closet as captain Marvel it's Brie Larson. it's it's it's, it's Bree Larson. I took that as they swapped places. Yeah, I've seen some people say and I don't know if there is any sort of comic book like um, canon behind this, but that she turned into like she was able to like appear as Captain Marvel, like shapeshift, I guess. Mm. Um, I I, I think the general consensus is that they swap places because I'm pretty sure that that's like in the comic books, like they're able to swap like that.
1: I I don't know much about their powers, but that's the way I interpreted that was because Brie Larson like wakes up, looks around. is like, oh, crap. It doesn't know where she is.
0: Yeah. And she's like looking at like the the photos of herself, like the posters all over the room. She's kind of like, oh, shit. So, you know what? I'm going to compliment the show one more time. And I think that this show maybe has me more invested than I already was in the Marvels that's coming out next year. Yeah. Um, which I'm on the record for saying that I think, like, I'm a fan of the Captain Marvel movie. I don't know what that makes me. Um, I think it gets way too much hate. Uh, I think that, that,
1: yeah, I agree. It gets way too much hate. I mean, it's not the best movie ever made, but it's not the worst. It's right. It's better than, I mean, in my opinion, definitely better than multiverse way better than Eternals. So, yeah,
0: I think I'd agree with both of those. Um, Then again, I think Brie Larson as Captain Marvel is way over criticized. Um, I I get it. I get that, you know, Miss Marvel, it it wasn't everybody's favorite movie. And I also think you kind of have to combine that with like, just like Thor fanboys. Because back in Infinity War, everyone was like, or Endgame's like, who's the strongest Avenger? Is it Miss Marvel or is it Thor? And I remember seeing people like literally at each other's throats in that argument um so i she gets hated on by thor fanboys whatever you want to call them but i am excited for the marvels i want to see more of brie larson as Ms. marvel i do want to see more um of uh kamala khan and we might be getting some news about that this weekend Did you know what this weekend is right san diego comic-con Marvel's first time back at San Diego Comic-Con since the pandemic, so this is big. I believe the last time that they were there, they did their Phase 4 reveal, right?
1: hmm Where
0: they laid out the Disney Plus shows and whatnot. Um, so I believe that their panel is Saturday. And...
1: <laughs> I, sure
0: <laughs> I don't know why I'm saying I believe I definitely googled this before The pre-show <laughs> looked this up It's Saturday um, So we might We're for sure going to be getting like Black Panther news I would imagine we'll be getting Some Ant-Man news And then I believe that the next Movies would be Guardians And then the Marvels
1: It's Wakanda Forever in November
0: Yep The Marvels. I think Ant-Man's next. Let's look up MCU. And see this film order. Um, Okay,
1: so it will be Conda, Ant-Man, Guardians 3, then the Marvels.
0: Am I crazy to say that... I think I'm more excited for 2023's movie slate than I was for 2022's.
1: I think that makes sense. Well, it's also like we're 2 of 3 in and we're fair lower expectation lower they were less than what we expected. Yeah. So,
0: it's easy to say that now that we've got I, two You're of right. Three. You're right. Yeah, but I I No, you're 100% right. I I'm I probably think, I think something we're
1: definitely going to get. At the San Diego Comic-Con, supposedly, is the Fantastic Four casting news.
0: Have you seen some of the rumors?
1: I saw the Clifton Powell as... Did you see Clifton Powell as uh, Professor X? No. Or, or Mr... Yeah, yeah. Um, If you don't know who Clifton Powell is, if you know the meme of the guy in the pink suit is like, oh, shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. From uh oh what's that movie with Ice Cube? I can't remember which one it is if it's Friday or the or the barb one of the Barbershop movies. But or boy, I can't remember which movie it I think is, it's but it's the
0: Barbershop movie.
1: <laughs> He's that guy. Oh my god, the memes they were talking <laughs> they were like when <laughs> X when Wolverine gets
0: <laughs> I see I've seen Giancarlo Esposito as um that's Professor that's Rett.
1: the that's the fi- oh, as Professor X because I've seen him as magneto like so many times it's great he, he's the popular pick for magneto and dr doom i think so um,
0: dr doom i don't I don't think it's going to make sense, but so the the one there was one casting that got me excited and I'm upset that i didn't. I didn't save it. I might have it on TikTok somewhere. Who's the dude? Uh, this is going to be a terrible question because I don't know any of the names. There's that really popular Netflix show. It was with Victoria Pendretti. She plays like the psycho girlfriend um, who tries to like kill her boyfriend. It's a series. Is it called? Is it called you? Oh, um,
1: use the one with the guy who's like,
0: yeah, who, yeah who's, who's the guy? People? Yeah,
1: right. And then he marries, uh, like, or gets with a a woman who's like that. Is she in? No,
0: I've seen the guy. I don't know. It begins with a P. I can't remember his name. God, I'm upset I didn't save it, because I I saw, like, a really good, like, fan casting. But I saw him as Mr. Fantastic. And then it involved uh, Joe Keery as the Human Torch, Mm. which, like, I think I could get behind. Um, I didn't. Oh, and then it had a. Oh, my God. This is so embarrassing. Penn Who's Badgley the- is the guy who plays Joe. Pe- Penn Badgley was at Mr. Fantastic. Joe Keery was uh, the Human Torch. Who is homie from Forgetting Sarah Marshall? Uh, Kristen Bell? No, homie. Um, from, oh, my God, from Freaks and Geeks, bro. Oh, my God. I should know his Jason name. Jason Siegel? Jason Siegel as as the oh, fan. That's
1: not, oh I don't know how I feel <laughs> about that. Victoria Pendretti, yes, yeah, she she was on
0: that show you. Yes, that's so, so I, I knew the, I knew who yeah. she was. I was trying to get to Penn Badgley or Badgley, however you say his last name. Um shit, that took a long time to, to, to get out, but um I do think we'll get a fantastic forecast. Um and I'm Pretty on board with not having John Krasinski's Mr. Fantastic. Yeah, I also. But I heard there are rumors that he'll direct the movie now because um, what's his face dropped out? Um, The original director, whoever did No Way Home. Oh. um, uh, 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 John John Watts, John Watts. Yeah, John Watts dropped out. Um, I did hear rumors that John Krasinski was gonna direct, and if John Krasinski directs that movie, I mean, that's just gonna get me excited. So makes sense. That'll that'll be interesting. I'll I'll have to make sure that um our Twitter account is putting out some of the news that comes through on Saturday. Um I assume we'll probably get some Star Wars news too, like maybe an official Ahsoka trailer.
1: Supposedly we will get the announcement of Henry
0: Cavill's return as Superman to the DCEU. I, I love that. What the hell is the DCU doing, dude? Didn't they, like, announce that he was done? Like, on his birthday, didn't they fire him? That was that was a joke for a long time. I don't even
1: know at this point. I don't know. I mean, they got a deal with Ezra Miller as the Flash, still. They got that
0: movie that's supposed to come out. That's right. <laughs> dude, yeah, which I could not care less about that movie. Um, What blows my mind is that you have this guy like Henry Cavill. Who, in my opinion, in the DCEU is the closest thing they have to Robert Downey Jr.'s Tony Stark. Right. In terms of like how much the fans love him in his role. And they were just like, now we're going to let this dude walk like we don't want to we don't want to do any more. super. Like that's a goldmine. Like people loved him as Superman. And I'm glad now that it appears that he's going to be doing more Superman stuff. But they almost fumbled the bag. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know
1: what that whole universe that they're doing. I just, I don't. I, I pick and choose with their projects now. At this point, I'm like, eh, I guess I might go see that one. That one, eh, probably skip. Good. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I'm excited for this Blue Beetle
0: movie that's coming out eventually. Same. Yeah. Eventually, I'm excited for Black Adam. Like, ooh. Uh, Are you yeah. not a rock fan? Is that it?
1: I'm not a rock fan.
0: Okay, all righty. So I think I think that's perfectly fair. I know there's a lot of people. My brother specifically despises Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Despi-
1: see, see, I don't despise him. I just don't think he's a great actor. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he's He's got pretty good comedic timing with Kevin Hart specifically and in other movies. Mm-hmm. But I don't... Eh, I just don't know if he's – he's not – I don't know. He's not my cup of tea. So.
0: I think that's totally fair. So I could understand somebody maybe not being excited for the Black Adam movie. Um, I hope that – I hope that this movie maybe proves that wrong, you know? Like maybe he does have some, like, serious acting chops. Um, But we don't know a whole lot about the movie. We kind of got a trailer, I think, like maybe like a minute-long trailer. Um, a few months ago, so we'll have to wait and see on that, but Mm -hmm. I'm excited. This thing kicks off tomorrow. So I think Mm -hmm. it's Thursday through Sunday. Um, can you hear the thunder by the way now? I can't. Oh, thank God, dude. It's crazy. Barely, barely, if any. Um, so we'll probably have a lot to talk about next, next episode. Next episode might be a big one where we're hoping to get a nope review in there. And then we won't have any shows to talk about. Right.
1: No, um, nothing's coming out. No, mo- no shows coming out that we both watch. All right. Um Show that I will unfortunately have to watch doesn't come out till until August. So,
0: hell yeah, baby, we got that trailer today. House of the Dragon. House of the Dragon trailer today, like, dude. The trailer looked good, man. Like, I. Why are you so? Why have you given up? They're
1: literally doing the same exact story from Game of Thrones. They're literally, literally, (laughs) literally doing the same story (laughs) set 300 years in the past, which means even if this show nails the landing that they're like, see, this is the ending you wanted, right? Daenerys is good. This proto Daenerys is good and ends up on the throne and is good. Guess what it means? Well, she's good on the throne, but I know that she dies eventually, and it doesn't matter because Daenerys get it, it, it all gets thrown away three hundred years from now. So why should I care? This <laughs> so is was- the problem with prequels. They just
0: it's I'm ah uh, uh, here. Here's the thing. We if you could go up, there's websites that keep track of the full lore to A Song of Ice and Fire. You could go online and see exactly how this show is going to pan out. I'm not gonna do that because I want the show to tell me. Um but you're right. I did watch that show today and I was like, oh man, that's that's Danny. <laughs> I was like, wait a second here They just were like, who
1: can we cast that is like Amelia Clark Light?
0: <laughs> oh man. Yeah, but like I mean whatever, dude. Like I listen listen, I'm a sucker for Game of Thrones. That show still gave me some of the best seasons of television I still have ever seen. I refuse while I acknowledge that they they didn't just not stick the landing. They face planted and they they fucked up about as bad as you could in season eight, in my opinion. Um, And I think everyone shares that opinion. I refuse to let that ruin the entire show for me. Um, so I'm going into this you know i'm I'm being an optimist. I'm excited. I thought that the show looked good. I liked how it's a little bit of a different version of King's Landing that we're in like that was kind of cool um but i am I will get concerned if I start to see too many parallels to you know the to game of Thrones that that will worry me
1: hmm. <sighs> Well, get prepared for disappointment.
0: That's where I'm at. <laughs> we have an agreement. We're 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 gonna watch the show. Um, if the show if the show sucks, I'm not gonna make us review <laughs> a shitty show episode by episode. So we'll we ha- we have a month until we're there. So we'll see. Yep. All right. So last part of today's episode. Mentioned in the beginning. We have a Stranger Things character power ranking based off of season four alone for those of you who maybe don't understand what a power ranking is um, a power ranking is more of a what have you done for me lately type of um of feel to it so we're not ranking these characters based off of like their character arcs from season one or two to wherever they are now we're going basically how did they perform in season four Mm-hmm. Um, We have ranked our bottom five We have ranked our top five Obviously that only totals ten So we're not going to touch on every single character In the show Um, But let's start from our bottom five But don't give like your lowest ranked You know like for me like I have Six, seven, eight, nine, and ten being the lowest ranked I'm going to start at six and work my way down Right Okay So for me Number six I have Robin So wait,
1: Robin's on your bottom list. Bottom list, yes. So it would really be like one, two, three, four, five. And then we'd have to count how many characters there are. And then.
0: I guess it probably makes more sense to go ten through one then doesn't it?
1: Yeah. If we're doing our top ten characters.
0: No, no, no. But we're not doing top ten characters. No. Right. I'm confusing myself here. Yes, you are.
1: Because you referred to her as six. But there's like. 20 30 40 characters in season four
0: well only because I ranked the bottom five
1: right but I'm saying in in this oh, version, 4, yes. 5, three four five you're saying yes. these are the top five power rankings if we were to do a full power rankings there'd you're be right. a six through you're whatever right, right. and then saying. we're saying at 30 or 20 some odd if there's a third if it's a 30 team league it, team 26 so, is what so you're how- saying
0: how did you label your bottom five?
1: I just did bottom five. I just did like a one, two, three, four, five, top five, one, two, three, four, five, bottom five.
0: Okay. Okay. So that's a lot less confusing. So then in this instance, my bottom five would start off with number five being Robin. Okay. Well, (laughs) okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You, 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 you give your explanation for that. Listen again, I, I think like, I think with what they were doing this sh- in, 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 in season four, I don't know how much she actually brought to the table. Like in terms of like strategy, I know she was a part of Steve and Nancy's group, you know, that actually went into like, went to actually go fight Vecna and she looked like a badass from on the cocktail. Um, and I love Robin's characters. She's one of my favorite characters. I'm just going based off of how much should they do to help the group? Um, how about
1: standing in that as uh, psychiatrist's office and giving that speech, lying her ass off (laughs) to get them to see victor krill
0: that 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 was a good moment that was a good moment um but listen that we're talking about two highlights then we're only talking about two highlights and i'm sorry this this i'm sorry the player the
1: player is impacting outside the box score okay that's what we're talking about with rob but
0: but how like 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 Um, she's panicky when they're walking through the woods and the upside down. She thinks they're always lost. Like she is the one who steps on the, the, uh, the little vine in the house that gets them all strung up on the walls. I mean, like the earthquake, the earthquake does that. Okay. Well, no one else stepped on the vine. She did. Okay. Well, she did say that she took a really long time to learn how to walk as a baby. So like, maybe I should take that into consideration. Um, but make no mistake, I love Robin. She's one of my favorite characters. And it paid me to put her here. All right. Okay. I think you're gonna disagree with a lot of my list, man. I'm nervous now.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, um so at at number five then, for my for my number five, um I'm going with Doctor Owens. Oh. Uh Paul Riser. Obviously, he does a lot. He gets Elle out of the police jam and brings her to – but then he delivers her right to Papa's arms. He literally is just like, hey, yo, remember your parental abuser? What if I teamed up with them?"
0: Yeah. And how does that
1: end for him? Not good.
0: And it's not great for – well, it gets Elle where she needs to be, but – like, in the end of the day, it works out, but like he still knows like he knew about Dr. Brenner, like he knew what he did like with l, and like we obviously ended up realizing that l never forgave Dr. Brenner, so like, yeah, yeah, not a good look dr Owens i agree I agree with that,
1: which by the way, by the way, speaking of that, if you haven't watched um there's a like a Netflix after I can't remember what the name of the show is, but it's hosted by this woman named Felicia Day. And she does interviews with like the Duffer Brothers, and then like Joseph Quinn. i mean, snippets, yeah. It. Uh, they do a bit with uh Matthew Modine and Millie Bobby Brown talking about that death, and Matthew Modine gets choked up.
0: Yeah, I saw that. He like can't get through it. Yeah, that she's like hold said. it
1: together. She's hold it holds it together, and I'm just like,
0: yeah. I enjoy Matthew Modine. He seems like one of the like, just like all around coolest actors out there. Just like a nice chill dude. Yeah, you
1: know,
0: yeah, I'm, I'm you know, he's also a failed action star. We won't we won't hold that against you, Matt. Don't worry. We're not going to I'm not going to go. Yeah, down. But he was also,
1: he's also in Stan, Stanley Kubrick's like one of his best films ever. So, like, it's true. <laughs> what are we it's talking true. about?
0: Um, no, I, I I, saw that and uh, I thought that was very sweet. They seem to have a pretty, uh, a pretty awesome relationship. So that's really cool to see.
1: Yeah. But Paul Reiser still killing it as an actor. You know, he, oh, he yeah. didn't have. He didn't have a lot to do, though, this season. Um, It was a little... You know, he had to share the limelight with Brenner. He basically kind of comes in halfway through and then hands it off to Brenner, to Matt Rodi. He
0: didn't share nothing with Brenner. Brenner was... Brenner, the hog, that stage, man. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, So, yeah. But, yeah.
1: Um, You know, we still got to see him on The Boys. So, that's... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we did mention this
0: was the summer of Paul Reiser. People forget that.
1: <laughs> yes. Um all righty. So I guess you're going with
0: your number four now on your bottom list. Yeah, man, this is gonna get bad. I think you'll agree with my bottom three, but this one I'm I'm nervous for. Uh for for number four I have Lucas.
1: No, I'm I'm okay with that. Actually okay. I actually I have him as my number four too. Oh,
0: um, okay, cool.
1: Um you go ahead because you said it first. But listen, I
0: Lucas, I I remember watching the first couple episodes. I think especially episode one. And I'm like, oh, man, am I going to hate Lucas this season? Like he's trying so hard to get in with the popular crowd, and you know he then he's like at the same time we saw him maybe getting angry with Will and Mike because they were going to play D and D instead of going to the championship game. Which I guess you could argue, you know that, that's like a that's like a Captain America versus Iron Man situation there. Like you know I'm 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 going to see both sides of that, but. I just think he didn't have ample screen time. And I, I like Lucas. And I thought that he finished very strong. Like Lucas in the last episode, dude, that Caleb McLaughlin's acting in the last episode was really, really good. I didn't I didn't know that he had those chops in him. Um and Lucas shines in the last episode, um, beating the hell out of Jason, which screw that dude. I'm so I'm so glad that he got torn in half.
1: Yeah, if there was a hate if this was like top five Stranger Things up characters that you hate. You know he's going yeah. to be in that. He's oh. automatically in that top five now.
0: I hate him more than Vecna, bro. Like, I, like I, like oh, if yeah. I was in the room with Vecna and Jason, and I had a gun with two bullets, I'm shooting Jason twice.
1: He's probably my number two hated, most hated character
0: ever. Who's your number one? Dude, Mike's dad. He
1: can literally <laughs> go die. <laughs> literally... Yes. I literally hope Vecna (laughs) kills him in the most horror. Like if he had, you know, the assistant from Jurassic world with that, when they always talk about just gets the most excessive death for no reason. I honestly (laughs) hope that happens
0: to him. So there's this scene and I believe it's episode seven. No, it's episode eight. Um, It's right after Vecna releases Nancy. And basically it's like the tell your friends what you saw moment. And she's telling them and she's like going through how she sees like everyone in her family dying. When she says her dad's name, I was like, uh, like, maybe like that wouldn't be the worst thing. Well, the she doesn't,
1: No, she doesn't even mention her dad. She goes, Mike, my mom. And then the daughter's
0: name. Oh, just, oh. name. I thought she said her dad. OK, well, then we need to write that back. At least no Duffer Brothers.
1: I think Kill this least, man, at least I think so. I think so. Um, I mean, I'd have to go back and rewatch it, but yeah, I it, I mean, honestly,
0: dude, oh god, well, bro, so needs, to go. bro conspiracy, needs to go. Conspiracy theory Vecna doesn't show Nancy her dad dying. Does that mean that he's in on it? Is he helping Vecna?
1: Who knows? Maybe, maybe Vecna possesses him or something next year, and we get to see. I don't know, bro, but he's got to go.
0: I, I, I agree. Um, okay, give me your Lucas take because I'm okay. sure I would agree with
1: all of it. I, I agree. Um, Part of this was watching, like, Lucas trying—I mean, not that I would ever—or, how do I phrase this? Watching Lucas make the same mistakes that I made. You know what I mean? Like, trying to get in with a popular crowd, it's like, bro, that's Mm -hmm. not who you are. And not that I necessarily did all that, and I was never on a basketball team. You're not going to see a 5'11 white guy, (laughs) like, making a basketball team at my high school. That's just not how that works. Yeah, but we,
0: we ran shit at the wreck in college, so it's fine. We we made up for that. We made up for that in college.
1: Listen, I was a very Daniel Tice player at the wreck. I didn't have a lot of box score stats, but I set a lot of picks. You know what I mean? I was just <laughs> out there moving. People assumed that because I was white and I hung out on the perimeter that I could shoot. <laughs> you stretched
0: the floor. You stretched the floor for Jesse and Dan, which is exactly what I did, too. <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
1: That's what I, That was my role. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways um, So that's what I did Yeah anyways um, And then yeah every when he was hanging out With the popular kids I understood why It was there it was basically for us to reason To see what the popular kids were up to mm-hmm. and, their re- and their thought But I was kind of like Okay but I'm good <laughs> We don't need this And then he finally makes it back Um I mean, one thing he does do that I maybe I should put him at five. I think I'm going to swap him at five and Dr. Owens at four now just on the fly, um, because he is the one that when they're like, it's music is the key. He's the one that knows that Kate Bush is her favorite. Yes. So there's something to that that maybe that. It's, yeah. but it's not emphasized in the moment, but it is something that's his character. You know what I mean?
0: His game got stronger as the season, you know, progressed. Um, I just, and I just couldn't forget those first couple episodes, man, because I think everybody sort of experienced that, whether you were in Lucas's shoes at one point or you had a friend who was in Lucas's shoes. Um, so I think everybody kind of knows what that's like. Uh, so yeah, so you're switching him to your five and Doctor Owens at four. Yeah. Okay. So for then for me, my number three. On my on my bottom five is Mike.
1: Mike is my number two. Yeah, okay. my number two. Number two.
0: Bottom. Bottom two. Yes. Okay, I was gonna say that. number two on my bottom list. Got it. Okay, so uh, little explanation. That sounds wrong. <laughs> number two on my bottom list. <laughs> I'll we'll let that slide. Um hopefully there's no sound bites created. That would be a real shame if there was a soundbite created. Um Mike throughout this uh similar to Lucas in the beginning. Not I mean, kind of being a jerk, you know, not telling Elle that he loves her, you know, kind of blowing Will off, like not really, you know, uh paying much attention to Will. Um really kind of just being an asshole. And again, I think everybody in their life had a mic at one point, like a, whether it was a friend or somebody who you really felt you used to be close with. And then maybe got a, a boyfriend or a girlfriend, or, you know, maybe you found another friend and, you know, everyone was in Will's shoes at one point in the beginning part of this, uh, of this season. Um, so yeah, just kind of being a real jerk dude. And then I know he, again, he kind of has that moment in the last episode where he kind of, um, basically helps L break free from Vecna um, through finally, telling El how he feels about her. Um, I just don't know. I don't know if it was enough.
1: Yeah, but that's like, you know, it's it's one of those weird things where like, you know, it's like Chris Jenkins hitting the game winner for Villanova. You know, he wasn't the best starter on that team, but he came up in the clutch when they needed him. You know what I mean?
0: Yes, (laughs) I would. I hope people get that reference. I hope that there's enough <laughs> it, people listening that know what you're trying to say. 2018 NCAA Men's Division One National Championship
1: Game. Just go and watch it. It's one of the best, it's one of the best college basketball games you ever watch in your life. It
0: really is.
1: <laughs> but yes. Um,
0: um, so who's your who's your uh, three?
1: Okay, I'm gonna I'm, I'm interested to see how this goes, but my number three is Dustin.
0: Whew. OK, so spoiler alert, he's not in my top five, so I can't really, like, get a whole lot upset about that. Um, But I, I want to know why.
1: So obviously in the previous three seasons, and it, let me let me preface this, too, by saying that I don't think this is necessarily a bad thing that he had a down year mm-hmm. in terms of his moments, because I think there were other storylines. And we've gotten a lot with him in the past three seasons. So past three seasons, he's been the guy who's like, okay, the De- the demogorgon is doing this. This is how, you know what I mean. The mind flare, he's the explainer, right? This season, he wasn't doing that a lot. Like he didn't really know what was going on. And then when he did figure it out, like you got to think, when in the episode with the lights, um, that once they figure out like that, the Vecna, uh, you know, it, Henry Krill is happening or whatever he's like he must be the mind flayers top general or something we know that's not true but you know what i mean mm-hmm. um i also just think like for example that episode with the lights normally you would think dustin would be the one who's like oh the lights no it was erica erica's yeah. the one who figured out the lights you know what i mean like dustin had i mean he had his moments obviously like most but everyone had a pretty much great finale like in terms of like my connection with each of the characters. Um, but, num- but he just, I don't know. I, he And listen, he's telling the jokes as usual, com- comedic relief, kill- still killing it on that aspect. You can't knock him for that. But I just felt like this season, he didn't grow as much as a, as a character. You know what I mean? I think he was one of the ones who got put to the sidelines. I, again, I don't think that's a bad thing. This is not a list of characters I hate or a list of characters or, I didn't like this season or list of actors that did a bad job or anything. I just think of what how much did they contribute to season four? I think he was in the bottom five as far as the main cast. You know what I mean? And I think that's what we're sticking with at this point. Yeah, because like, oh, this guest actor that was in there for didn't contribute a lot. Like, I don't know. What am I going to do about that? You know, <laughs> what are we talking about here? You know?
0: Yeah. Like, I, I don't think we're putting like Susie in any of these like rankings or anything like that. Like, you know, right. I agree. Like, we're trying to stick to like, you know, the, the main cast. Um, I have a hard time disagreeing with most of what, you know, most of your reasoning, I guess, like just in my mind, Dustin was still in a lot of moments still to me felt like the smartest person in the room. And I mm-hmm. think that that just carried And while you're right. There was a lot of times where Erica outshines him. Um. So, but Dustin did take a backseat this season. Um. I think that they did a lot of writing for Dustin that in a way emphasized Eddie. Cause they yes. were getting Eddie into the fold and, you know, Dustin was this nice bridge to kind of get Eddie in with Steve and Nancy and Robin. Yes. Um, and again, that you're be- right. We're, we don't hate Dustin. We don't hate Gaten Matarazzo. We're not saying he did a bad job. It's just we're going off of how the character was in season four. So I guess yeah. in a way, I agree.
1: And that being said, his season five, he's in an upward trajectory for yes. sure. He's <laughs> he's OK. You know, when he, he's OKC. He's pulled it. he got so much future stock
0: at this point. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really good way to put it. Dustin's OKC. I like it. Um. OK. So number two for me in bottom five, I have Jonathan. Okay.
1: It's like, uh, I have him as my number one. So you have my five revealed now at this point.
0: Okay. So for me, Jonathan, man, like lying to Nancy, um, not being truthful with her, um, and kind of just being in the background, even with the California crew, you know, like, the California crew to me like if I were to rank them it's it's um oh god what what's his name Argyle Argyle yeah like i mean to me he's, he's a star show he's yeah he's, he's, hilarious. A star. he's great but then i'm 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 probably like and then i'm probably putting like Mike ahead of Jonathan like i don't know Jonathan to me i felt like he was more more brutish this season than he is in previous season he's he's very broody um, Broody.
1: Okay. I was like, brutish. What is he? Yeah, I don't know. Not I, knocking anybody over. Like, what
0: <laughs> you mean? Like... I almost said British, which Charlie Heaton is British, but, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. They, I felt like they really put him to the side when they were right in the season, man. And like, I hope he has a bigger part in season five and he does sort of come through at the end kind of being there for will in the yeah. last episode. And, you know, and he, he did seem to be the only person who was paying attention to will, um, and I don't know, man, dude was just high, like the entire first half of the season. And then in the second half, um, I don't know if he did enough to kind of, uh, obviously I don't think he did enough to kind of get out of the basement there, but, uh, yeah, Jonathan's my number two.
1: <laughs> yeah. The conversation with Will in the pizza shop is great. Yes. But, but then he also fumbled a little bit, him and Nancy fumbled it a little bit at the end. Yeah. At that moment thing. where they have a moment to reconcile or to try. And they're just, and granted, Nancy is just like, well, we're fine. So.
0: And uh, he takes a shot at Steve. He's like, well, who's going to be in charge? Steve? And like, listen, man, like Steve, you know, Steve's, Steve is not Steve from season one anymore or even season two. Um, So, yeah, nah, th- that that's why he's where he is for me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. All righty. So. I already said he's my number 1 and my number 2 we already talked about or I said it was Mike. Hmm. So, who's your number 1?
0: My number 1 is Will. <laughs> my number, I just don't know what Will does in this season. Like I don't know what it is and ag- again, <sighs> I am not saying I dislike Will. I I'm I'm almost shocked that you're like in disagreement with me what
1: What did will do? What did will do? Will is struggling with his sexuality and feelings for his best friend the entire season, the entire everything he does he's like trying to talk to Mike to be like like he's trying to tell Mike like listen you're you're messing this up with that the whole time he's fighting. Oh my I can't even with you right now. I literally no, can't. No, like listen, him.
0: I understand that and that's all great, but we're talking about their performances and how they're helping the group. I just don't know. And I'm not it's not Will's fault. You're right. He Homie's confused. Homie needed a friend. He Will needed a hug this entire season and he doesn't get it until the last episode when Jonathan finally hugs him. Um I'm not holding that against him. He just had a down year. Just had a down year. It's not his fault. It happens, you know. But I just don't know what he did.
1: Listen, if this were the season three power rankings, there'd be no question in my mind. Will was number one for season three. Um, season four, I just, I can't, I can't, I, I just,
0: I I'm getting felt- the five that Will's in your top five now. I mean he's not he's he's probably my honorable
1: mention. he's like my number six, but oh God, <laughs> I mean, I just felt his presence throughout the whole show i every episode I felt like what's gonna happen with will to this you know what I mean?
0: well, I'm waiting on that too, and listen, I think will is gonna be right up there with Ellen in season
1: five. Oh, I think it'll it's be will l yeah. and it's going to be Will L and the gang for season five, and uh, Dustin. I think it's going to be Will L, Dustin for season five.
0: This show started with Will. It's going to end with Will. Um, and I'm so excited to see how that pans out. But um, listen, man, you know you, you can disagree. I just didn't feel, I didn't feel Will's importance, I guess, in the grand scheme of things, um, in terms of like fighting Vecna.
1: Yeah well yeah all right all right let's just go to our top fives let's just go to our top fives start with your number five
0: all right my number five is hop hopper okay good pick
1: i i have someone else from the russia storyline in my top five but there's no doubt um yeah go ahead
0: i listen i a lot of them on my top five i think like probably like five through three are pretty interchangeable. I'm not gonna get I'm not gonna get too upset um if you have you know him higher or whatnot. But um he Hopper basically solos his way out of the Russian prison. Like, you know, at one point like he like breaks his ankle to you know to get out from the chains. Um he has all of that I can't remember I can't remember Homie's name, the guard. His name's escaping me. Uh Yuri um, no, Yuri was the pilot. Oh, yeah, Yuri's the pilot. Um, um It's going to kill me when I hear his name. Um, but Hopper would
1: Enzo. probably... Well, Enzo. Well, Dimitri. Dimitri is his real name, and then Enzo is what they call him.
0: Hopper would probably be higher, but I think, like, for the first three episodes, he's, like, just in this prison, you know? Hopper shines in, in like, like, episode four and five, and then obviously towards the end when they have you know the the showdown in the prison with the Demogorgon, um, I don't know if anybody can really argue with this. Hopper was, uh, he he was an MVP the season.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna, I I might have to put him in. We'll see. Uh, but he was, yeah, that the ankle breaking is just is pretty brutal to watch. Yeah, and then try him getting to the church and everything. It just feels undercut because it's immediately like, all right, had. Thought you were. Got you. Punk. You've been punked. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We get it. So as far as like, but definitely in the finale, no doubt he was he was on his game, you know. Yeah. But yeah. Um. Well, my number five for this season is Erica. Oh, I like that. Like I, I already talked about it when we were talking about Dustin. But yeah, she's the one who figures out the lights. Um Situation I felt like she just Really stepped it up this season As far as cementing her role Is not just like a re- Featured character You know what I mean that that interacts With some of the crew she's now part of the Crew you know yeah. she's grown From that annoying sister in season one And this season really showed like no, no no She is an active part Of this of this group now The rebels against Vecna I guess <laughs> The Vecna the anti-Vecna Alliance.
0: <laughs> I I have to pause really quick. Uh, did you see the YouTube video? I think it was like for variety. They're doing like a like a Zoom interview with Jamie Campbell Bauer, the dude who plays Vecna, and he's reading tweets about Vecna. And one of the t- one of the tweets is like Jamie Campbell Bauer really put his in- entire entire in into season four. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I
1: didn't see that one, but I saw like he was doing reacts to TikToks, and one <laughs> of them was like my Vecnusi, and I was like, what the heck is this? He
0: keeps asking, he's like, well, he's like, what's a Vecnusi? Somebody explain to me what a Vecnusi. <laughs> it's just, it's just gold. It's just gold, but I'll, I'll let you get back to it. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um. Also. When the football players and the finale are trying to mess with her, she runs away. She knows she can't take them fully, but then when it's one on one, she she holds her own against an older yeah.
0: guy. Yeah, let's go, Erica! All right. Yeah, listen, Erica's willingness to just kind of join this group, knowing that there were you know that there were stakes like the highest stakes you can imagine, I admired.
1: Yes, also the D and D that she actually is fully member. She got in there and beat Vecna. I think that shows that she's going to be key. I think later in next season too. So, her stock is rising, man.
0: Stock is rising. Going from season three to four now. Yeah, she's she she might be one of the uh, uh, the bright young stars, as a sports commenter might say. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. Number four for me. I have Steve. Mm, okay, you'll um, be. Steve. Yeah, he's I, on somewhere.
1: He's my three
0: okay um steve had another strong season man like this dude really kind of becoming i know everyone likes to call him a mom and in a lot of ways he is right like he is like he's a babysitter Um. but now that the kids are older but he's he's almost kind of becoming um it almost feels like he f- is forming a i don't know maybe not maybe paternal isn't the right word but he's protective of the kids and it feels weird calling them kids because people are like 18 19 years old at this point. Um Steve I think kind of showed his willingness to um kind of be uh in the front of the pack like so for instance he's the one who decides to go to the Watergate um and he ends up getting pulled through the gate and obviously we 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 know what happens there. Um I thought that he 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 got points from me for finally confessing to Nancy how he feels. Um, mm-hmm. knowing that he might die. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and obviously, like, I just felt that in every single moment, whether it was him attending to Max when she gets in the trance at Billy's grave or, you know, uh, being with Dustin, um, you know, when they were in the woods or when they're in Beckman's house, he you always just can sort of feel that uh, he's protective of these kids. He truly loves these kids. And unfortunately, you see it when they hear the fourth, clock chime um when at, in the last episode when they realized that that kind of got to max um i also really like how he like him and robin's relationship mm-hmm. um and i thought i think it's pretty cool from going i mean it's i don't even think it's been a year since season three like in terms of like the show's timeline Yeah, I mean, he he was falling for Robin not too long ago, and now he's, like, fully supportive of Robin and, like, you know, almost being, like, a wingman tour in a lot of instances. I thought that was really cool. So, Steve's number number four for me.
1: Yeah. All those arguments. um, I think there's something to be said, too, about him, like, being, like, really assertive as, like, as, like you said, the protector of these kids. Like, you see it when Max, the first in Dear Billy, when he's, like... Trying to help um, when these kids, when they're like, we're going, we're going to knock out your car. And he's like, fine, I'll do it. But you know what I mean? He sets ground rules. He's he's become that paternal figure. I think diving into the water was a big moment for him. Um, he fought, He's really stepped it up this season. Uh, just another step of progress. Solid pick. Yeah, I don't know. He's just solid. Just a solid performance once again. Doing a lot in the fight against Vecna. <laughs> Obviously part of that final trio that goes in. Um, yeah. All righty. So my number four is um, Murray. Ah, okay. I was between, I think I knew I had to pick one of the Russian people. I thought about Harp Hopper, but I thought because of what happens that he gets undercut that he has to he still does a lot and is the muscle obviously there. But I think Murray showed off a lot of more more usefulness than we previously thought for in this season. I mean, um, he helps Joyce get to Alaska. Um, Obviously, they're both captured by Yuri. I thought about putting Joyce on here, too but it felt Joyce, you know, season one, she's like a force of nature going after will. Right. She's like, this has to happen. And then we kind of get it again in season three, where like the magnets fall off and she's like, I know I'm not crazy. This is happening. And it's true again. So it kind of feels like in that scene where she, where he's like, so you got a Russian doll with whatever. And he's like, okay, uh, figure out if there's a message in it. And, when she figures out and she calls and she calls Murray to basically tell him what's going on, he felt like, yeah, I'm not putting up a fight against it. You know what I mean? I'm not going to try and argue like, oh, I don't think this is a big deal or whatever. I'm just going, you know. So in a lot of ways, she's a motivating factor. But I felt like the karate in the plane, obviously, it doesn't go well. Plane crashes. But in the <laughs> end, it works out. Um I also think, obviously, his ability to speak Russian is pretty much key throughout a lot of this sh- thing. So he's pretty essential to the to the crew. Um, I thought he was going to eat it this season. So I was maybe I was paying more attention to what was going on. But, yeah, I mean, just everything. He was he was great this season.
0: I think I'm kind of kicking myself for not including him in my top five. So spoiler. Alert. Yeah. Listen, that Russian group does not survive without Murray. Yeah. Um you could argue that they don't survive without any of the pieces. Um but Murray is so instrumental in getting to Russia, um that you know, you're being able to speak Russian and kind of knowing you know, like having some general knowledge of the KGB was pretty helpful. Um but also Murray always seems to like have a plan. Like he's always if he doesn't have one he's able to whip something up. Um, All right. so I have no disagreements there.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. So your 3, my number 3. Um My number three is Nancy.
1: Okay. She's my aunt. She's on my honorable mentions. I thought about it, but go ahead.
0: Go ahead. Um, I thought Nancy had a very strong season. Um, I think this, despite all the uncertainty around her and Jonathan in the beginning, she's sort of able to kind of become, you know, like she sort of becomes the actual mom of the group. If you were to call Steve, the dad, At least that's what it feels like. Um, She. She. Her willingness to kind of go on the upside down. She's always the one. It seems like over the last. Really since the show started. She's always the one who handles the gun. You know. Um, So her kind of being up in that attic. At the end of, of, of episode nine. And being the one who's actually. Going towards Vecna. And you know with the shotgun. I think about that. I think about her conversation with Jason. At, at, at the, I think they call it the war zone or something, um, yeah. the, the 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 gun show, where Jason's clearly trying to intimidate her, and she's like, "No, nah, you can't do that. Like, you know, like, you know, step back, check yourself, Jason." Um, she listen, no hesitation, dives in after Steve when Steve goes back into the water. She's she is the one that basically gets like helps Steve out in the upside down, and gets him free from those bats. Um, I thought she had a very very good season. Um, you talking about Murray makes me think that maybe Nancy could have slipped out of here and maybe Murray kind of moves into the list somewhere. Um, So maybe a little bit of second guessing there, but I'm, I'm I still think that she was a top five for me. My,
1: my thing with, with Nancy was that it, it felt like, I, I don't know if there was a lot of growth and a lot of just showing where she is. You know what I mean? Like yeah. her investigating, you know, Chrissy's death, felt like that's a a total Nancy move, you know? Um, Handling the gun, like I said, like, obviously this was a bigger version, but we've seen versions of this already. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, This felt like, she definitely did a lot of growth. Still some growth, though. Um, Though I think the other thing that I dinged her was, like, so we start the season with her and Jonathan unresolved, and then sort of ends still unresolved, and then Steve kind of says, like, I've got these feelings for you, and at the end, that's still unresolved. So I felt like she was so focused on fighting Vecna that she didn't take yeah. care of some of the other things. But you know, that's what season five is for. So we'll see how that goes.
0: Hopefully, man. I have some. I have some bad feelings about the fate of whether you want like Steve and Nancy ending up together, or really just the fate of Steve in general. Like I, I don't know. I. Because I think we all thought when when Steve was saying, what he was saying in the RV to Nancy, uh, that was clear foreshadowing that he wasn't making it out of this season. And then he does. And I'm like, I don't know. I guess at the end of the day, I think I just want Steve to have a happy ending.
1: Yeah. Um. So I already said my three was Steve. I, I imagine our two and one are some order of the same two characters. They
0: have me. to be. I'm going to be <laughs> stunned if they're not.
1: Okay, go number. What's your number two?
0: Max. My Max is my one. So yeah, we know. I okay. figured this is yeah. how it's gonna go. Okay. all right. I mean, what 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 do you Listen, want to say? They're they're interchangeable. I mean, the the by far the so let's just talk about them both, right? Because you have L yeah. at one at, at two. Oh, no. whoa, whoa! Who do you have at two? I have Eddie at two. Oh, I have I have eleven at two, Eddie's oh. not in my top five.
1: <laughs> That's interesting. Maybe I should that L my Let Yeah, okay. you know what? Well,
0: well, Forget well, it. I'm putting Al by i Oh, I'm putting Al okay, well, by two. Audible. Well, audible. We can still talk about Eddie, but okay. we'll, we'll talk about Al and Max. Because in, this in is
1: what my opinion. When you don't make the list before the show and you make it up as you're going along. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're probably right. In my opinion, <laughs> the two most important characters um in the entire in the entire series. Obviously Max being as as like directly tied to Vecna um, being a target of his, being the only one of the targets that was able to survive him, which gives the group the the most valuable information. Like that's how they're able to figure out how to beat him. It's because Max gets out of there and you could, you know, I'll credit to Dustin, Lucas, and Steve for being there and and, and helping her get out. Um, But then being willing to go back in, you know, and like be be the bait and she knows the stakes and obviously we know how she ends up at the end of the season. Um I listen, I mean, that's the real MVP, dude. Like I I she doesn't have El's powers and she's willing to go to Vecna and basically put her life on the line um as a, a a normal person. Um we see her in the beginning of the season, she's clearly not herself. She's clearly still grieving Billy, but you also see her I think figure herself out as the season goes on, um, kind of in a weird way and like kind of piece together her grieving a little bit. And then she kind of, you know, kind of reverts back to her normal self. She knows she's being friendly with Lucas again. And she was kind of even standoffish to Dustin in the beginning when Dustin was asking her if she wanted to be, or if she wanted to play D and D. But um, yeah, I I mean, Max is my two. Um, So are you, are you now putting L at two
1: L's mine two now?
0: Okay. So I guess I'll just briefly walk through L and then I'll let you talk about L and max, but I don't even know what, what there is to say about L. I mean, she's, she is the main protagonist. She is the strongest. Uh, she gets stronger throughout this season. Um, I think we've, we saw her powers on like, the grandest stage that we, you know, compared to the other season where she kind of like takes out the helicopter. She's fighting the army for crying out loud. Um, and then she even goes in and saves Max. Um, I, 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 there's really nothing else to say. Like uh, she's, she is my number one.
1: Okay. I'm going to go, I'm going to start with L. That was my number two, because I did feel like up until the part where Sam, Dr. Owens takes her to the, you know, to Nina, the Nina project, it was a little like, I don't, you know, I. it was a lot of like, okay, this is where she is. You know what I mean? Obviously, we get a lot of growth, those four through eight episodes. And listen, in episode three, or episode two, when she hits the girl with the skate. You know, I understand it's bad, but, you know, I don't know.
0: <laughs> she uh, Angela deserved
1: that. Angela deserved that. <laughs> Yeah. Oh you broke her nose. <laughs> don't deserved don't it. get it
0: fixed. <laughs> it, yeah. It'll heal. We we, it'll... we have hospitals for a reason. Come on. <laughs>
1: um let's see. Uh she I mean everything she goes through with Dr. Brenner, actually being able to confront him to not forgive him in the end. Yeah. To get to the point where she's can accept his help, but overcome it as well. Overcome what she he's done. I mean, for the most part, obviously she's still that's her last hurdle is like, you know, that confidence that she kind of gets from him is still messing with her a little bit. So that's her last hurdle in season five. But to get to that point, go from no superpowers back to having them. Yeah, I mean, and and overcoming her own trauma, the things that she did with Henry, with Creel, you know, with Vecna, I mean. Yeah, it's a lot. But that being said, there's only one person who outshined her this season, and that's Max, because I think from beginning to end of this season, she was absolutely key to everything that happens. Mm. We obviously know what she's dealing with from the past season, and we start out strong with all of that. And at the end of episode one, she's the one that witnesses Eddie running out of the trailer so we've got that, too. She like you said, she's Vecna's target, so she knows what's going on. She's the one that gives them all the information to defeat Vecna. And the like everything she goes through, her ability to just overcome the guilt that she had. That's spe- I mean, that's speech and Dear Billy. I mean,
0: oh, so good.
1: I mean, that's the, one of the best episodes of the show ever.
0: I think it's one. I think it is one. From uh, if it's not one, it's two.
1: Yeah, that's one of them. You know, that's a that's one of the best episodes, in that and that speech she gives, everything she's fighting, it just really resonated with me. So when she comes out, and obviously we don't know what her status is for season five. Uh, you know, she's in a coma. Is she, are they, they're somehow going to get her out of the coma? I imagine. I don't imagine you're paying Zadie Sink to lay in a bed for most of the season, but <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what the Netflix – I mean, especially we don't know what the Netflix budget is looking like these days.
0: <laughs> Probably
1: a lot less than what they were, so, you know. I
0: think I read somewhere that they're having, like, an insanely large budget for season five. Like, oh, like nine-figure, ten figures. No. Whatever, like, $300 million is. Was that nine figures? Nine figures. Yeah. So. Yeah. It'll
1: probably be the last show they spend that money on. Probably for good reason.
0: Yeah, I listen, they they really captured lightning in the bottle with this show. Um but I'm I'm actually glad you brought up something about Max because she um er, I think back to and I it must be season 2. Cuz season 2 was her first season, right? Yeah. And I don't know what episode it was, but It starts off with her basically like she she clearly is looking for friends. She's new to town and she's she wants to be a part of this group. And Mike's the one who's standoffish to her in the beginning because he misses I think he kind of views Max as like an L replacement almost. Um, But there's this conversation with Lucas and and Max. I think like this was more of like her like initiation into the group. Where he kind of fills her in and everything, he's like, "Listen, like, there's consequences to this. Like, do you accept or do you accept the risk?" I think is exactly what he says, and she's like, "Sure, like, you know, like, of, of course." And she probably didn't fully. There's no way she could have understood exactly what those risks were. Um, but then for her to be as uh confident and brave as she was in in this season, I thought was I thought was really, really cool. She, I, I mean, Alan Max to me are interchangeable one and two, but um. I thought Sadie Sink also, like, I mean, I, I know that this this season isn't eligible for Emmy noms. I think that it's going to be next season. I so I think the first
1: half is for this, and then the second half will be for the next Emmys, because of the cutoff date is June 1st.
0: Okay, so they can split a season of television like that? I thought you'd have to be completely finished by the cutoff date. No, no, no. I don't oh, think. Okay. Um, well then that means that she's getting snubbed for the Dear Billy episode because she was not nominated. And I thought that that was – I mean, I know that the competition is really good like, and people who get nominated get nominated 99% of the time for the right reasons. But I thought that there was a chance that she could have gotten nominated. I thought she was that good this season. Um, Let me see. Uh, <laughs> Prime –
1: time creative arts emmy awards these are no no. that is not the main emmy awards all right let me let me see if i can get to these emmy nominations you you keep to, you keep talking
0: well i know for a fact that she's not she's not nominated um so i think that's a shame maybe it comes around next year maybe it doesn't but um i also think that and i kind of hate to do this because then at the end of the day they they still are kids and they're so they're so fresh into their acting careers. But I think like, if you were to sort of like pin them against each other in terms of like, who is better at acting, I think Sadie Sink might be the best. Like it's like in terms of the younger cast, like, and I'm not even talking about Joe Keery or Natalia Dyer, like the kids, like it's her or Millie Bobby Brown, in my opinion. And like, I think Noah Schnapp's very good too, but I think Sadie Sink, like, I, I I think she's going to have a fantastic acting career.
1: Mm, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm looking at the Emmy nominations now. Um, so Stranger Things was nominated for an Emmy for Best Drama. Okay. But yes, so none of the not- actors... None of the
0: actors were nominated. Um, that's a little disappointing, but I, I remember going through the full nomination list. I remember, like, kind of being OK with it.
1: Well, um, I also don't know. if I guess she'd be a lead in a drama series, right?
0: Lead actress in a drama series. She certainly felt like a lead this season.
1: Jodie Comer for Killing Eve. Laura Linney for Ozark. Mela Linsky for Yellow Jacket. Sandra O. Oh. For Killing Eve, Reese Witherspoon on the Morning Show, and Zendaya on Euphoria, were the nominees for lead.
0: Yeah, that's how I mean. I'm listen. I'm I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I I saw that Euphoria did very well. I think they got. I think Sidney Sweeney also got nominated, and um, oh I can't remember his name. One of the one of the guy actors got nominated as well. I can't remember his name, but um, that means is September yeah okay cool so we're only a couple months away from that Mm -hmm. um okay listen we're we're quickly approaching a two-hour episode here so let's uh let's wrap this up um so kind of giving everybody a a preview of what's to come um nope comes out this weekend jordan peele's new movie um we both hope well you for sure are going to see it i am currently trying to find a friend of mine was willing to go see it with me um i am hopeful that i'll be able to see it before next week's episode but i think worst case scenario is it might be two weeks until we're able to get that review out um so that will more than likely be our next episode um in terms of shows that are coming up we talked about house of the dragon that's premiering next month um we'll have some san diego comic-con stuff to review on our next episode as well um she marvels approaching she She hulk good god man yeah this is this is uh closer to our episode all right she hulk's uh premiering very soon so we have that to look forward to um if you've made it this far into the episode thanks so much for listening uh, whether you're listening on Apple or Spotify, you can go ahead and leave us a review. Um, you know, I'm not going to beg for a five-star review. Let us know exactly how you feel. Kind of gives us a, a good idea of what's working and what's not. Um, you can follow our podcast on Twitter. We are at MindPopcorn. You can follow our podcast on TikTok, where we do have the handle at Popcorn. Um, We're still waiting on that lawsuit for the Twitter handle to finalize. So hopefully that's very, very soon. Um, You'll be able to find both mine and Chuck's personal Twitter handles in our mind, our mind, popcorn, Twitter bio. Uh, You can feel free to follow us on there. Um, But Chuck, anything you want to say before we sign off?
1: No, I think uh, we covered it all. But Ricky, one last thought before we go. You ready for this fantasy football season?
0: Oh man, dude. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Your text they got me hyped. Um, I always say the best time of the fantasy football season is the few weeks leading up to the draft, because then the pressure starts. Then, then I start to get stressed out. Then it becomes like another job. Um, So yeah, I'm very much looking forward to that. We'll have some, I I know when you and Dan were doing Bush league, you were doing some recaps. We'll, we'll fit that in here. Um, I I think we did some of that last season as well probably um so we'll we'll keep everyone up to date and maybe even do like a fantasy football preview you know breakdown of of who we like and who we don't like so yeah i'm excited man um but uh but other than that i hope everybody has a great rest of your week we might be back next week i say at the latest it might be a couple weeks so we will see y'all next time